Please listen carefully. Hello, universe. Welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Summers McKay. And I'm Christy Jansen, and we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-funded solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home office-worthy, watch-the-deer-who-is-just-born-in-your-backyard-worthy podcast. Today is Thursday, May 26, 2022. Hi. Hi, Summers. How are you today, Christy? I'm good. I'm still a little bit sad about some stuff going on in the world, but we have to do what we do. We talk about solutions. We talk about problems, but we also talk about ways that we can address them. You know, let's let's just acknowledge that we're, Christy and I are both deeply saddened by the mass shooting at Robb Elementary in Olvati, Texas. Yet another school. I live about 85 miles away from the site of the shooting. It is um, very shocking and very sad. I actually spent a great deal of time on Tuesday just crying and really feeling stunned by the whole proximity. Um, Certainly, I've been close before. I lived actually very close to Columbine. That is where I grew up. It seems that it has been a long run and these things aren't changing in in a positive way. But Christy, you actually pointed out that there was a really, really thoughtful tweet from someone that we both enjoy following. Adam Grant. Adam Grant. And while the Optimist Daily did not share anything in reference to the shooting, because that is not what we do, will you just take a moment to read the Adam Grant tweet? Because I think that that really captures a solutions mindset. Sure. Okay. So Adam Grant, on his uh, Instagram today, he writes that on principles of gun safety, Americans are united. 81% support universal background checks. 87% want to ban gun purchases by those with mental illness. 80% reject concealed carry without a permit. Our descendants will be appalled that we didn't do more to prevent violence. He says he's heartbroken by tragedies in Buffalo and now uh, Uvalde. And the data for this comes from Pew. I just feel like it is a tragedy that we have the situation that we have in this country. It shows that there's a lot of pain in a lot of people. And it's coming out in in the increases in gun violence in all different areas. These kinds of mass shootings are terrible, but there's lots of other shootings which are also have gone up um, in the last year. Mm -hmm. And America is on the very far outlier in terms of gun violence and gun death compared to other countries of our economic strength. Right. So there is something about our gun culture, which is not working, you know, not to alienate people who love guns and like shooting, but I do think there's something wrong with our policies personally. Mm -hmm. I would concur. It's not working and this is very, very sad. So here's what I retreated to. As I sat in my backyard, my the house we're staying at, and I, I really did. I, I read this. I stepped outside, and I read that it had happened, and I sat on a rock in my backyard, and I just cried because it just broke my heart. And then I looked up, and I looked at the yard that I have been 
disallowing anyone to mow and sprinkling with wildflowers and letting things grow there. I saw the mom deer and her little tiny, tiny two-day-old fawn sitting in my yard and all the wildflowers blooming. And that's where I found some solace. And that's where I found some peace was knowing that there is still beauty on this earth and there is still beauty in nature that we can find solutions. But for me, what I needed in order to be able to then go and pick my daughter up from school and then subsequently drop her off the next two days at school, my tiny, tiny little person, was being able to be outdoors and be spacious and know that um, the world is still beautiful, even though it is very, very dark. Which is why we have to keep doing what we're doing, Summers, because our whole point is to focus on, offer people another perspective on things that are happening in the world that get drowned out by the the mm-hmm. horrific headlines right. when they happen. Right. Even when there isn't anything particularly horrific, there's always something around the world that you can find that reminds us mm-hmm. that we should be scared and we should be angry. Yeah. This recent one hit very close to you where you actually live. It's very much in the news among all of us mm-hmm. in the United States and probably in other places too, but there's always something terrible going on. There's also always something good going on. Exactly. And that's what we do. Well, yeah. So something good that is going on is that there is new research from the Abdul Latif Jamil Poverty Action Lab, which is a global research center based at MIT. Also known as JPAL. It shows wide-ranging benefits of summer youth employment programs. My headline reads, summer jobs do way more than just keeping kids busy. Every parent knows they do not want to see their kids spending the entire summer in front of a screen. Everyone can certainly benefit from some time off, but too much free time can actually be a detriment, especially to youth and teens between the ages of 14 and 24. Youth have formative experiences which truly affect the rest of their lives, and it is important, especially for youth from lower income backgrounds, to stay busy during the summer. I know busy is one of Christy and my least favorite words, but we'll say productive and engaged during the summer. So in the last 10 years, state and federal policymakers have focused more on using SYEP, which is Summer Youth Employment Programs, to improve systemic unemployment rates. SYEPs are generally municipal programs that give youth, mainly from lower income backgrounds, paid part-time work during the summer. Findings have shown that these youth who are participating in these programs gain valuable professional skills, training, building their resumes, and help establish professional connections and mentorships, but more importantly, they have longer-lasting overall improvement in youth's lives. They found from 13 studies looking at four American cities, Boston, New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia, that SYEP graduates or program participants increased their earnings and employment or involved youth, many of whom are from lower-income backgrounds and identify as Black or Hispanic, It had a long trailing positive effect in their employability and their income. Researchers found that the effect of SYEPs lowered arrest, conviction, and incarceration rates and had a lasting effect up to a year afterward. These findings from JPAL create a clear evidence-based framework that policymakers across the country can draw upon to improve and expand summer youth employment programs 
that could in turn greatly help U.S. youths not only during the summer, but for the rest of their lives. One of the things that's interesting about this is that there's also evidence based on these studies that participating in these kinds of programs show evidence and improvement in social and emotional skills, in academic and career ambitions, as well as work habits and cooperation. So it's it's not just employability and keeping them out of trouble. It also builds those softer skills that we need to be successful in society, whether you're going to work or going to school or just dealing with your community or your families even. Certainly, as you know, we all stare down summer. As a parent, you can get a lot of pushback from your children when summer jobs become... <laughs> A focus, but I think this will remind us all that regardless of where your child is financially, it's important that they are gaining those social, emotional, academic, and career ambitions through a summer employment. So I know what I'm doing this summer is I am offering a lot of cat care, dog walking available to all the seventh and eighth graders in my neighborhood. I'm hiring them simply to lighten my load, but also because because I want these kids to all have the opportunity to have a job, right? And so if, if you can hire someone who's young and in your neighborhood to do something for you, hire a local kid to do your gardening, hire a local kid to help clean out your closet, hire people mm-hmm. if you can, if you're in the position. Not only should parents be putting their kids in employment, but those of us who can hire them to do something, think about jobs you could hire them to do. And I think actually this it's also great to have chores in your homes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a I was I was I learned how to do a lot of things before I was oh, yeah. a grown up. Yeah. And by the time I was 14, I was basically running the show in terms of provisioning for the boat. Yeah. And- when I first joined my family and we had preteens at that point, my chore chart got voted down and was summarily rejected by everyone. But with Brennan, nobody has a choice and she already has her chores. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And why? Well, one of the reasons, and this is, goes to my story, turns out that watching a lot of TV, it's not that great for you on many levels, mm-hmm. including your heart. Somewhat ironic based on the weekend you just had, but yes. Somewhat <laughs> ironic because I was like in bed all weekend and all of Monday as well because I was not feeling well. And I did binge watch. And in the last two years, I've done so much Binge watching. I've gotten into terrible habits. Mm-hmm. This article is making me rethink some of those things. The headline reads that keeping TV to less than an hour a day greatly reduces the risk of heart disease. Now, I don't know if that's going to be possible for many of us, especially in the era of <laughs> streaming content galore, where you're just being always offered new series and it doesn't even pause. You don't even have to press a button to get to the next episode in some show that you happen to be watching. While I was sick, I got into watching a show called The Good Doctor. (laughs) I'm a sucker for these medical dramas, I have to admit. Mm -hmm. And there's no shortage of good things to watch. But is it really such a great thing? Yeah. Besides spending too much time inside and then not exercising or relating to your family members, TV can have other negative health consequences, according to new research, which shows that reducing our daily streaming dose could actually lead to significantly lower risks of coronary heart disease. Coronary heart disease is the buildup of fats in the coronary arteries, which narrows them over time and reduces the blood supply to the heart. But new research is suggesting that 11% of cases of coronary heart disease could be prevented if you happen to be a person who somehow magically avoids watching TV for more than an hour a day. 
Uh (laughs) I admittedly do not probably watch TV for more than an hour a day. Right now, I get like half an episode of, you know, a show in After Brennan's to Sleep, but I do let her watch. She's probably watching 90 minutes, two or three days a week. Yeah. Right. There's a few other associations that could be behind the television, including snacking while you watch TV, because when you're watching TV, especially when you're sitting for a long period of time, like on the sofa, you know, couch potato thing, you're also often snacking on potato chips or something else, which is not going to take too much effort to eat. It's easy to not pay attention. Mindless eating. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a link that they've found between excessive watching time and adverse levels of glucose and cholesterol in the body, which is linked to diabetes and other cardiovascular problems. And those also lead to higher risk of heart disease. So I don't know all of the reasons behind it, but there is a very strong correlation because in this massive study with 373,000 people who are white British people between the ages of 40 and 69 who are part of a UK biobank study. In the beginning, none of them had heart disease or had suffered a stroke, according to the study. But 9,185 of them would later develop it. And so after factoring in body max index, age, sex, smoking, diet, amount of physical activity, and level of deprivation, the team found that The more TV participants watched, the greater their chance of developing heart disease. So there was a real strong correlation, you know, and those who watched less than an hour of TV were 16% less likely to develop coronary heart disease than those who watched four or more hours a day. Those who watched two to three hours a day had a 6% less chance. So the trend held across all ages, even considering genetic risk of the disease. So just keep that in mind as you are trying to get out of the COVID-induced binge-watching habits that I know I've picked up and now I'm trying to put down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Aside from benefiting physical and mental health by being outdoors or even just relating to other people, I think you can help your heart by minimizing television intake and uh, doing something different. Yeah, doing something different. Go outside, plant some wildflowers. Walk around. Talk to your partner and, you know, smile and laugh and play a board game. I don't know. (laughs) I think that's an alternative. You know, actually, I guess I'm probably at like Candyland age. Yeah. Approximating. Yeah. Maybe. Candyland is really fun. You know, you can do Hungry Hippo (laughs) is really fun for little kids. She's two and a half now, right? Just knocking on the door at three. She'll be three in two months. Yeah. So there's lots of great games you can do with um, little ones. So um, instead of watching Frozen for the 7,487th <laughs> time, play Hungry Hippo. I will try. Or get into playing with Frozen characters. Oh, we do that. We do that while watching Frozen. Candyland is a great board to use Frozen characters with. Mm. This is what I did with my little three-year-old nephew mm-hmm. now just turned four. You take the little Frozen characters and you have them go on walks through Candyland yeah. and there's all these different things they have to overcome and they get stuck in the bog and they step on the candy and, you know, it's great. It's a great, great thing to do with your three-year-old. I recommend it highly. I, I <laughs> will take you up on that, Christy. I think I might need to import you into Austin <laughs> for a little bit so you can come play Candyland Frozen with Brennan. Um, okay. I love it. All right. So other amazing headlines today, the bountiful benefits of photography. This AI could be a game changer for patients with lung problems. 
the health benefits and uses of amaranth, an ancient Mesoamerican grain, and scientists discover prehistoric dolphin species in landlocked Switzerland. What else, Christy? Well, there's a second dolphin story because it turns out dolphins use coral as a skin treatment. Oh, that's kind of curious. Like exfoliating. Exfoliating. (laughs) Yeah. like it. Check out these postage stamps which celebrate the Mars mission or Mars missions. I don't know quite what that's all about. Tips for how to cool your home if you don't have AC and how to properly treat a sunburn. All these stories and more great information on the optimist daily thanks everybody for listening to the optimist daily update we promise to keep sharing positive solution-based stories with ideas on how you can participate in the changing world and let's keep it let's keep it good let's keep it civil let's keep it friendly and um full of love to spread the love support us for free please share us on socials forward a positive story to a friend today goodness knows we all need something inspiring Leave positive reviews for our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to pods. And if you have a friend who needs an uplifting experience, tell them to listen to an episode of the Optimist Daily Update. We are committed to doing what we do here. You do what you do. We'll keep the Optimist Daily free to all who need it, supported by those who can. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with more solutions.